What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dad's Game Podcast. This is Awesome Hazelnuts here. And do check out my Twitch stream for more Legends of Runeterra related content. I do know that I've not been streaming a lot of Runeterra lately. I've been back to playing Yu-Gi-Oh! on a regular basis. It is the first game which actually got me into card games. Actually not really Yu-Gi-Oh! It's more Duel Masters because playing the playground as a young little kid, slinging card games, not really worrying too much about a lot of things. But we all know that Seasonal Tournament is right up. And as usual, every month or every every week before the seasonals is going to be up, I'll be talking about the decks, lineups to be expected. Because I do know that everyone is very interested to find out what I think about the game, what is going to appear during next week's seasonals. But like I mentioned, we are going to have a seasonal champion that is going to be with me for today's episode. And when you, and when you deep dive into it, there's only one seasonal champion who will be on my podcast because I did mention that that guy is an English-speaking one. And when we look at history, there's one that's from Taiwan. I don't think he speaks English. And the other is from Hong Kong. And I'm pretty sure that he can speak English, but it's not his main language. And that's all. And when you remove every factor, there's only one guy left. And that is none other than Mr. Bear, who is like myself from Singapore. He is the seasonal champion for the second one. I believe he's Cosmic Creation. And ever since then, he qualified for Worlds, and he, he is with me today, and we're going to talk about the decks and lineup to expect during next week's seasonal tournament. Hello, Mr. Bear. How are you doing, man? Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm Mr. Bear. So, <clears throat> I was the Cosmic Creations seasonal champion, which was like, I think, two seasons ago, quite long ago already. Not long, yeah, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good today. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I do know that after you won the seasonals, everyone was super hyped up because you brought a lineup or you brought one deck which nobody really expected a lot, which was the uh, Nightfall Aggro. Some might say that the Zoe Karma was something which, uh, you know, wasn't really along most of what people would predict at the time. So when it comes to building lineups, I guess that you would be the perfect guy for today's podcast, right? <laughs> Just try it, uh, you know? Yeah, I mean, building lineups is not easy. La. You really need to like test out quite a bit of stuff and like to find like the perfect lineup and it also must be like suitable for you to play because like some decks might be good but like it's not suitable for you to play then like you cannot actually play in a tournament yeah that actually makes a lot of sense right because i do know that when you play card games some people have more of a they they are much better at being the ones controlling the pace of the game something like playing a mid-range or aggro style and some people are much better at sitting back relaxing just throwing the remover here and there to control the state of the game. And sometimes, you know, when the meta favors one specific playstyle over the other, said player is forced to, you know, adapt and change the, the decks that he want to bring. And most of the time, right, when he doesn't stick to the way that he plays the game and he plays the way that the meta is currently is, you often see that the player just like, you know, I wouldn't call it choke, it's more like he doesn't perform as well, right? Yeah, that's like pretty normal. Uh. It's like, a certain player, like, he, he, he's, like, not used to the style that's, like, in the current meta. It's, like, much harder for him to, like, execute the gameplay in a tournament, especially, like, in a tournament level. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's very true. And by the way, when, when it comes to seasonals, right, especially when the... I want to ask you this one. This is very important. The five-round format switch versus the nine-round format switch, which one do you think is better for the player, like, from your perspective? Like for for like more casual players, like the five round one would definitely be much better for the casual, like more of the casual players because like five round only takes like at most like five to six hours, whereas like the new nine rounds one like will take up the entire day and like 
a lot of those casual players like they don't have the time to like put in for the entire day to just play a tournament but like for us like more competitive players like the nine round one is like more less punishing compared to the five round one because like it's actually like a Swiss format now instead of like the five round one where it was like a single elim format in disguise yeah yeah, actually, that's very true because I, I let me give you some uh, stories from the past. Because when it comes to five round tournaments, right, it's usually for those uh, very small local shop tournaments where there's 30, 40 people. And so for a five round tournament, back then, right, we didn't really have a lot of like uh, technology. It's more of a face to face tournaments. And so the tournament will go by quite fast. One round is what, 40, 45 minutes, which is quite common nowadays. And then when we talk about nine rounds, right, this side is like, holy crap. Because there's a lot of things right, that goes on, right? when you do like a physical tournament nine rounds, sometimes right, you can actually feel the entire place like reek of very bad smells because nowadays we play online, right? we at home, very casual, we can just go grab food, can go for exercise in between rounds, take a break. But then back then, the nine rounds was insane. Imagine doing that for two days straight. You know, it's really, really crazy. And some tournaments can easily go more than nine rounds. Right? And so right, when you when you talk about a nine rounds, it's more of a competitive player, right? I would say that the age, right, is actually for those players who used to compete a lot in the past, especially those from what MTG, those who played like uh, they are mostly MTG because MTG is the one which implemented many many rounds of Swiss. And do you agree that a lot of MTG players are actually enjoying the nine round format? Yeah, I think like many of the newer players like that came from other games, like they are enjoying like the longer format as compared to like the short shorter older format. Of the seasonal tournament. Uh. Mm, definitely. Uh. Hey, by the way, talk me through your LR experience, man. Because I, everybody on the on this podcast today, right, you guys have to know that Mr. Bear is relatively young. He's, I think, younger than 20, right? Or 18 or 18. Yeah, yeah. I'm 18 this year. Holy. Yes. So he's 18 years old. And so his journey so far has to be one that's probably full of highlights. Uh. Hey, by the way, talk to me through, man, your LR experience, like other card games, everything that led to this moment. Yeah, so like I, I never really play any card games before la. Like when I'm when I was young, like primary school, uh, I, I like I, I like watching card games like you know, uh like Digimon. Ah, Digimon. Uh, and also like Yu-Gi-Oh and Vanguard Body Fight. Like I I, I like watching them la, but I like never got to play them because like it was quite expensive back then and like, you know, children don't have much money to buy buy cards to play. Yeah, so I like never really touched card games until like when LR came out. Because like I used to play League of Legends, then like LR is a card game based on League of Legends. Then like I started to try it. La. But like when I just started playing like last year when it came out in beta in Singapore, like I don't think I was like any good at the game. And I just I, I, I don't know what I'm actually doing. And I, I just kept playing a lot a lot of games, but like I wasn't making much progress back then. Mm. Yeah, so like I just keep kept playing and playing and playing until like uh I think after like quite some time I finally hit hit Masters and I like felt really good. Cause like mm-hmm. Masters was like was like the highest rank back then back then. And right. like when I entered Masters I was like rank four, I think. I see. Uh, then I, see. I was like, Oh, I'm actually de- I'm actually pretty decent at the game, I think. <laughs> uh, so that was like how I started like my LR experience. Then like after after I got to Masters, I think I entered some local Singapore competition back then in beta. But like I didn't do I didn't I didn't do any good from it, mm. uh, So that was like 
my my starting of LR lor. Then like until until Cross Shard came, and then like, I started to know more people in the LR scene, and like I started to play more tournaments. Yeah, uh, managed a few like top eights, top fours, I think. Mm. Yeah, but that's about it. Until like, yeah, until the first seasonal tournament where I managed a top eight as well. Then I won the second seasonal tournament after. Then until now, idea. Yeah, you you did mention about the uh where you got masters for the first time. When was it uh? The 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 season that you got masters for the very first time. It was uh, like the bet. It was in beta lah. Yeah, like, yeah, right, in beta. Cause I remember like, when when you yeah. mentioned about uh rank four master at that time right there were like less than 70, 80 players. Cause I was one of yeah. those players back then, and when you look at the leaderboard, it's always just the same few names. In fact, last year the leaderboard most of the players are still in it uh, until now, and that's why I do remember like a couple of the old players, and it's really very nostalgic like, Especially since it's a year right. Yeah, yeah, it's been like very quite a long time already uh, for LOR. And yeah. like yeah, still seeing like some of those old players around. Mm, most definitely, yeah. like Zero Infinity is still around. Most of I already Zero Infinity Clarity. These are the names which really pop up to my mind when last year I started. Yeah, Nova. from Beta la. Yeah, correct. Those are the names from Beta. Yeah, correct, correct. Then there was I remember. Yeah, I I joined the Legends from Terra around the same time as you because I do believe that Singapore got the exclusive release, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you. yeah. Singapore got like the close beta like the like, close beta in like February February last year or something yeah around February because right? I, I did have a friend who was in the esports scene he did mention that Singapore is gonna get it and then I saw I just hopped on the train played the game and realised that wow this game is actually quite free to play because everything that you need is given to you from the start man yeah yeah I think that's one of the reasons why people actually want to play LOR because a lot of things are free and traditional card games, right? You need to put an upfront investment, which is not cheap, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You need to buy a lot of packs to get like, <laughs> and like the packs aren't even like guaranteeing you like the cards that you need to build your deck. Yeah, man. Uh, it reminds me of the days where building a meta deck in Yu-Gi-Oh was easily 500 to 1,000 bucks. Even in Hearthstone, right? It's not that cheap. Right? It's 200, 300, right? Even those, those cards can roll over to the next season. Yeah, like, or Hearthstone like isn't a very cheap game also, but like it's getting more accessible now lah. Like they're making more like free to play stuff, like some rewards pass or something, to make it more accessible. So it's like much better now as compared to the past. Yeah, most definitely. And I do believe that for you, right, Cross Shot really improve your your line of play, right? I can hundred percent guarantee that. Yeah, Cross Shot for sure. Like being able to like practice with people from other shots. Like, it's a whole different experience from, like, just playing ladder lah. Like, it really, like, uh, lets you, lets you, like, find out what other people, what other people are trying out, and, like, what's good there, and, like, maybe it will be good in Southeast Asia as well. You know, so, like, you can do a lot of testing with people from other, like, other shots as well, which really helps yeah. in tournament prep lah. Now, what I really agree with, because, uh, last time, right, we didn't really have the luxury of playing overseas players it was only until 2011 then they created something like a dueling network where you could play with uh, overseas people that was the first time where grinding for games actually started for card games and then like you mentioned cross shot really improves your line of play because you do get exposed to different strategies that are not common in your own country and oh yeah by the way 
you agree that Crossshot really makes the player improve, right? From leaps and bounds. Because I do know that a lot of people who listen to my podcast, they did email me and ask me how do I like get better at the game and all that. One of the things that you would recommend is Crossshot, right? If there's a chance again to play with OC's players. Yeah, like you, you it's, it's a lot better if you like find someone like from from another shot and like he wants to practice and you also want to practice and like you, you all can like share strategies and like just mm. uh, play some games with each, with each other and like talk also, can also like talk more to each other so that's how that's how that's mostly how you improve in LR like you just need to like talk more to people play more practice more yeah mm. Because as for the ladder, right? Of course, for yourself, you hit rank one multiple times. In terms of reaching rank one ladder and all that, I think the rank one thing is like validation to show that, in terms of your server wise, in terms of your play rate, it makes you as a player you can solidify yourself as the number one player of your specific region. But then, let's say you want to move towards more of a competitive format, you want to actually achieve something big. You want to win a big tournament. You eventually want to qualify for worlds. Maybe just getting rank one is not enough. Because when you think about rank 1, right, it's mostly about best of ones. The current deck you're playing is optimized for the ladder. You can basically beat anyone, anytime. But then as for competitive, you really go through a lot of things behind the scenes. So tell me, man, Mr. Bear, for your competitive, right, for preparing for seasonals or preparing for tournaments, there's a lot of things that people don't see, right? In terms of all the hard work, the strategy, the amount of hours put in, man. Talk me through it, man. Yeah, so like for seasonals, like... Most like most of the time when like for the open rounds is like not as like not as much preparation like you just like talk to each other about like which deck it, uh which lineup uh might be good or like which which deck will be the one we want to target so like we just have like a general idea of what we want to play and like what we want to target for the open rounds because like it's more open there's like a lot more competitors so like we can't really like. Uh, make a specific lineup to like target or like uh <clears throat> or like to to uh, have the best lineup out of everyone else. It's like the variance like, is too huge. For, like, yeah, the variance super big for open rounds now. But like for top card, like a lot more preparation is done. Uh, like we test like specific uh like deck deck versus deck matchups, like mm. multiple like at least like ten games each to like oh, find wow whether or not like this deck will be able to perform against the other deck and like we also craft like the lineup we also like spend a lot of time to craft the the actual lineup that we want to play that, that would do well into like other people's lineup la. so like we put a lot of thought and a lot of testing into it la. so like for example for the seasonals i want i think like, i like spend a really really long time uh, 100 hours like, not that many like after the open rounds we had a week to prepare for we had a week to prepare for the top card and like every day i think i spent like three to four hours just talking and practicing so like total about like 30 40 hours i see i see because the the choice that you made during the second season was like of bringing the nightfall together with the zoe karma i think the last deck was a filios twister fate right a Thumb, yeah, Aphelios Twister Fate, yeah. Yeah, the, the choice of bringing Zoe Kama along in Nightfall aggro, right, was something which a lot of players were not expecting. Because, you know, this kind of thing, right, will not happen, right, unless you really deep dive, you strategize, you think about what type of decks you're going to bring, what type of thing you want to target. Because when it comes to the 32 players, right, it's not just a slouch where, like, open rounds, 
those players have high variance. The skill cap is sometimes, you know, as bottom as a C, sometimes as, as high as Galaxy. So you wouldn't know the type of players that you're going to face. And so when it comes to this, right, building a lineup really takes a lot of time, which I've been saying a couple of times. In, in fact, when you prepare for open rounds, you just need to prepare for high variance, something which can handle almost every single matchup. And so let's move on to the next topic, which are, okay, we know that seasonals is coming up next week. I always have a segment every single season where I talk about the decks and lineups to be expected, whether we will ever see triple aggro again, whether you'll see triple targon or we'll see people targeting different lineups. So before we talk about lineups, right, Mr. Bear, what decks do you think will appear during seasonals? Will it be the same as the current ladder state or there'll be much more, something hiding in the darkness? Yeah, I think the ladder state now is like a good representation of like what will actually appear in the seasonals next week. So like things like Azia, Irelia, uh, Trash Nasus, uh, TLC. Mm. Yeah, so like these few decks are like gonna be like the most common decks you're gonna see next week in the seasonals for sure. Like there's, there's, there's no denying it. They're like just the best decks in the meta right now. It's just like how you want to build your lineup with these few decks that are available. Yeah, but definitely we'll see like uh, uh, many people playing uh, one of these three decks in their lineup or more than one as well. Yeah, how about those special decks, those like decks which are not really part of the top three, big, but not part of the big three, what are the other decks that you have determined that will appear during next week's seasonals? Yeah, so some of the other decks that will appear that has been doing good in lineups will be like Deep, Overwhelm, uh, Azrael Draven, like these are some of like the alternative options to like the, the big three that you can bring in a lineup depending on what you want to target and like what you want to ban. Uh. I see, I see. In terms of like Azrael Draven, right? Do you think that Azrael Draven as a deck, right, has the most, as a deck, right, is the most balanced and also not is it just the most balanced. It is the one deck which has pretty good answers against most of the decks in the pool available. Do, do you think about, do you think that Azrael Draven is that deck uh, I think right now Azure Draven like, like balanced to say like it really it, like it, it isn't really like that well balanced. Like sometimes you can just high roll some massive tri beams yes, and like yeah. just win the game straight off. But like it's definitely like one of the few decks where like you have like different ways to play with it. Like, like you have multiple win conditions, not like just a single win condition. So like yeah, you can you have quite a few different ways to play with the deck. So like it's quite a bit different from like a few of the other decks in the meta right now. Yeah, it's definitely way different from Nasus, which is the improvement of the uh, Dehu and Dior together with Spell Shield and, uh, and a Deny in the form of Right on Negation. It's definitely way strong. It's definitely more uh, versatile than TLC, which usually wins the game by one way, which is through the Watcher. And sometimes if the Watcher yeah. doesn't activate, it just wins by the overwhelm damage by Trundle's level 2 version. And then when it comes to Azir Irelia, the deck just... It's also very versatile. But in terms of the play pattern, which everybody is supposed to love right now, I know everybody loves to talk about that. Blade dance. <laughs> <laughs> everybody blade loves dance. that play pattern. It just sort of just spawns a couple of blades. If you have the uh, Empress Dias, you get additional 2 damage each time. And sometimes as ridiculous as turn 2, turn 3, you can do like, what? Game over, right? I, I just saw a picture of what one turn twenty. Yeah, uh, turn three, turn three little. 
Yeah, sometimes you do get that type of hands. Even in discard aggro days, this thing doesn't really happen that much. Discard aggro whittles you down by turn 4, but when you play against Azir and Relia, they just end you on turn 3. And so when it comes to the big 3, right? The tr- Trash Nasus, the TLC, and for the Azir and Relia, is there a chance, right, that we'll ever see these 3 put together as a lineup? Yeah, like... Like there's the infamous like bring three good decks lineup. So like people can just jam three good decks and like I don't think it will perform badly at all. Like if you bring three good decks, like it kind of depends on who you face lah. Because like there's very high variance in the in the people that you face anyway. But like if you want to like if you want to just jam three good decks, like you know just go ahead. Like there's nothing wrong in bringing three good decks ah. Yeah, actually, that, that makes a lot of sense because in terms of three good decks, right, it usually just revolves around maybe one TLC and two other decks which have very good variants. And then in terms of deck, right, I do remember Alan ZQ. He did mention something on the... I'm not sure if it's live stream or it's a video I watched together with... I watched on the Fresh Lobster YouTube channel. He did mention that when in Swiss rounds, right, when you win the first two rounds, right, you are more or less guaranteed to win everything all the way because his reasoning is that for the first two rounds, the decks that you face, right, is going to be super random lineups. But then for the next seven rounds, or maybe the next three rounds in the previous seasonal formats, the lineups will usually be the ones that you've been targeting because the so-called targeting targeted lineup that you have in mind is already also in the same way of probably same same train of thought. They already went 2-0. And then from then on, right, you're going to just steamroll them based on your overall strategy. So do you agree with the Alan Zeke strategy? That when you go 2-0, right, you're more or less gonna win the entire no open the gonna win the entire Swiss rounds, like going 9-0, 8-1, that kind of thing. But now it's like very hard to say lah. Because like last time when it was five rounds, like after you go 2-0, like you're you're more likely to be able to like just win three more rounds and call it a day call it a day. Lah. But like now it's nine rounds and like yeah, man. even though after you go to zero it's still like very hard very hard for you to say whether you'll win the rest of the rounds or not. Yeah that, that's very true. And in terms of that right you did mention deep and deep is a deck that I believe that both of us brought for last seasonals. And as for these seasonals right I also think that deep is in a very good spot. Because when you look across the board, maybe apart from a Nasu Stretch which is like a 50-50 Everything else feels like a very 60-40-ish. Maybe Discard is slightly favoured towards Discard, depending on the way you build Deep. So what are your thoughts on Deep, man? Yeah, I think Deep is going to be a, like, a pretty decent deck to bring for, for next week. Like I can see like quite a number of people bringing the deck for the seasonals next week. Like I won't be surprised like, if like there's quite a number of people that bring, bring us Deep next week. Because like I think it's like in a really good spot as a tournament deck right now, but not really as a ladder deck. Yeah, in terms of ladder, right, it seems to fall super super short against Azir Arelia, which is I think the the com- common consensus where you see current decks in the pool. Because nowadays, I like, like last week when I brought Katy onto my podcast, he did mention that he likes to build decks, but then when he tried to test out the decks that he want to try out all of a sudden he faces the brick wall known as Azir Aurelia. And he just like, you know what, I just close the game. So that's the whole thing about Azir Aurelia. And so do you think that next week, right, Azir Aurelia will be the star of the tournament from your point of view? Yeah, I think Azir Aurelia is just like, the deck, like, if someone doesn't bring Azir Aurelia, there's like, <laughs> there's something, there's, there's something wrong with their lineup, la, or like, they just want to like, 
uh, completely ignore Azia Aurelia, which might be one of their ideas. But like, if you don't bring Azia Aurelia, I think it will be like a mistake now, because like the deck is just like so busted right now. It doesn't matter like what your opponent plays lah. You, you like you you can just do whatever and you still win the game. Yeah, that's the power levels of Azia Aurelia, right? Because I I did mention in a couple of my episodes that sometimes when I play against Azia Aurelia, doesn't matter if it's on the master ladder, doesn't matter if it's on my Smurf. It just feels that the play pattern is the same, and I can't really tell the difference between like a good Azir Arena player and a not so good one. Sometimes the plays are so linear, are so predictable to the point where it's such a lovable play pattern where it's just so simple. Everything just gels. If they have Empress Dias, they have Azir, and then the game just sort of just steamroll out of control. And not to mention when Azir and Irelia are together on the board, that is possibly game over. And in terms of that, not a lot of decks, right? has a good time against it. And speaking of not a lot of decks which have a good time against it, there's another deck which is extremely polarizing in the meta. The one deck which basically makes a lot of strategies don't work because past turn 8, you really can't do anything. And that is like TLC. And I'll say that for this tournament next week, right, it's going to be very reminiscent of the previous seasonals except that Azir and Rayla is added into the pool. And like you mentioned, Azir Aurelia is the one deck which really beats up TLC over the head. And so do you think like, in terms of the tournament next week, there's going to be two ways of playing the game, which is either targeting TLC or it's targeting Azir Aurelia. What do you think about it? Like, from the like from what I've, I've been hearing, like, there's only one way to go around it, which is like to target TLC and ban Azir Aurelia. Because like from, from what I've been hearing, people are saying like the lineups that tries to target Nazir Aurelia will be too weak into like the rest of the field. So like you don't really want to be weak to the rest of the field when there's like such a high variance in the seasonal tournament. Mm. So like I think many people will just like go around banning Nazir Aurelia and targeting TLC because like it's the it's the like most efficient way to play like play 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 your lineup right now. But like things may change in like the next few days, like I don't know lah. But like that's what I've been hearing so far, and like I think that's what most people are try will be trying to do. Yeah, I really believe so because in terms of a meta shift, right, for digital card games, the meta really shifts really quickly. In terms of Hearthstone, right, the meta seldom shifts that quickly at all. Sometimes it can be the same deck for an entire month. But as for Runeterra, right, it's like the first time where I play a card game where the meta can change within one week. I- I'm pretty sure you've seen that multiple times, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, once a new deck comes out, like, it can change, like, the entire thing, no? Like, yeah. we just need to see that one deck, no? But, like, whether or not we'll see it, it's like, we don't know, lah. No? Oh, yes. And by the way, there's one deck that I want to ask you about. Do you think that we will see Turbo Trials next week? Because it has a good time against TLC but it's extremely bad against uh, Azir Aurelia. What do you think about Turbo Trials, man? Yeah, so about Turbo Trials, I think as a tournament bring, like, I agree that it will be, like, a decent bring to a tournament, especially, like, when you try to ban Azir Aurelia, like, you have, like, many good matchups all around. Yeah, so I think there will be, like, some Turbo Trials that will be played, but, like, I'm not expecting, like, it to be like uh, more popular than the top three like the, the big three in the meta right now mm. 
Because when you think about it, right, TLC contains too many good matchups already. And when you think about Turbo Trials, right, it also has a lot of good matchups. But the thing is that the insurance and the surefire way of playing the Matron into Watcher is way much more enticing than having the chance of four trials on turn six. And when you compare between both, right, I think TLC is the one that is more favored as the Tron- as the Lissandra deck, right? Yeah, for sure. Like TLC will be like the more favorable deck, lah. Because it runs the traditional Shadow Owls package of tons of removal, and then maybe they have some life gain through the Shadow Owls as well. Whereas for the uh, the version that is running Turbo Trials, sometimes you do high roll and get a pretty sick hand, but sometimes some yeah, hands... sometimes you don't you don't draw your trial and then <laughs> you just sit there. Yeah, and you just Imagine... sit there and watch what your opponent do everything. Yeah, you you open all the advanced cards, right? And then you're just missing Lissandra, you're just missing the, the Frozen Trial, and then you're just sitting there, oh my gosh, I just need to predict trials. Yeah. And you don't get it. Like, the play pattern is, like, kind of similar to, like, you know, Mono Fiora. Like, uh, yes, yes. I said, like, I think it's more consistent, lah. Because, mm. like, you you have more trials than Fioras. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, because you have, uh, what? You have the uh, Draclon Inquisitor. Is it Am I calling correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Draclon Inquisitor, yeah. Yeah, because I, I mix up Inquisitor with something else. And then there's there's Lissandra that you want to drop to summon trolls, which is already too late. And then when you open turn one trolls, like, you're like, yes, you know that feeling. Yeah, like when you open turn one trolls, you just feel like you're like almost almost winning, almost certain you're going to win the game already. Yes, correct. Because it's very underrated, right? Turn 1 trials. On turn 2, it comes down to 7. Then on turn 3, it's 6. And then you advance, become what? 4. On turn 5, turn 4. On turn 4, turn 5, you drop. Drag Lord. Yeah, turn 4, turn 5. You either drop like 1 trial or 2, or like 2 8 already. 1 or 2 8 and like... You just feel like... Yeah, you're just like straight winning the game already, almost. Yeah, you feel like a very talented player. And then the Susan is stacking... <laughs> No, I'm not Susan. Uh, sorry. Uh, by the way, you guys on the podcast do know that it's called Susan, right? Yeah, Susan just waiting to get big. But then when the trials show up, you're like, oh no. And then you just lose the game. But sometimes, like Mr. Ben mentioned, you don't open turn one trial. And you're just looking at your hand like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst deck ever. But when you do pop off, it's like the best deck ever. So it's like the kind of deck where you want to bring to a casino. Especially when it comes to seasonal, so it's high stakes poker. So I, we're not trying to recommend you bring turbo trials. It'll be good if you bring, good if you don't. But sometimes you do have to practice due diligence when you want to bring something like Turbo Trials. And let's go into the next segment, which is what are the lineups to expect? Because I remember you did mention about the three good decks, you know, triple aggro. There's a chance that people target Azir, some people target TLC. So in terms of lineups, like, straight off what you think, what is going to be the most common three deck lineup that will show up next week? So like, the, the, the lineup that has been doing like the best in like all the community tournaments in like other shards is deep Azir, Aurelia and Overwhelm so like oh, I kind yeah. of expect a lot of people to be on that lineup because mm. like it has done well in like the tournaments and like like it's proven itself as a good lineup la. so like I expect quite a number of people to be to bring this lineup because like, it also has a very simple strategy la, which is to target TLC and you mm. ban Azir, Aurelia yeah in terms of deep, right? Like apart from this, that, yeah. Sorry, carry on, carry on. Yeah, apart from that, there's been like people talking about uh, triple aggro la, as per normal. <laughs> like every seasonals, there will be like those triple aggro players bringing like nine decimates, nine fervors, 
Yeah, I think that's gonna be like another one of like the common lineups because like it's like very easy, very easy to build. Like you don't need to think much. Just like go triple aggro and try to win the game. Yeah, when you talk about triple aggro, right? It's a strategy as old as time itself because many card games sometimes you do not know what to bring, but and then you look at Dota, you look at League of Legends, you look at StarCraft, you look at everything. The objective is to make your opponent's life point go to zero, right? And so you just bring triple aggro because you're Damn playing aggro. objective. <laughs> yeah, you just just play objectively, you know, make the person zero life. <laughs> and then when it comes to like triple aggro and all that, do you think triple aggro is going to be like common next week? I think it'll be like fairly... There'll be like a, f- a fair amount of people playing in a deck. So like... I won't say it's going to be like extremely common, but like it'll be like fairly, fairly common. And like, yeah, there'll be like a decent amount of people in the field that will play triple aggro for sure. Mm. Because I, I do know that the overwhelm matchup, right? Like you mentioned, overwhelm deep along with Azir Arena is the sort of lineup which just totally steamrolls TLC. It just makes TLC not really want to play the game at all. And so when it comes to overwhelm, yeah. right, it's the sort of deck, right, which really makes a... Uh, Nasus Trash, TLC, Zoe, Shivana Ace already curl their toes because when you just drop those big monsters, you just drop Ruin Runner, you slap on a Battle Fury, they'll just stare at the screen and like, holy sh- how am I going to get rid of Ruin Runner? It's the sort of deck where the raw stats is so powerful that as a deck, right, it really overwhelms everything. I say, lack for a better word, it really overwhelms every single deck in the pool. And the only bad matchup that you're going to have, right, is possibly maybe triple aggro which is the aggro lineup so like the ma- lineup that you mentioned the deep the overwhelm together with the Azir Arena the only answer to that is triple aggro right yeah triple aggro will be like one of the main answers to it uh. but and apart from that there's like lineups with Ash LeBlanc which uh, yes. might do pretty decent into the lineup yeah that's like what yeah, but I still think like the main counter to the Azir Aurelia deep and overwhelm lineup would be like triple aggro for sure. Yeah, I see. And and one thing to mention, like you mentioned about deep, right? And it's something I believe we both sh- we both agree on is that deep, right, has an amazing time, right, against off meta picks. It is crazy against Draven Azure. You have no idea, right? guys. Go try out, man. You play deep against Draven Azure. The Draven Azure is just banging their head on the wall because their removal cannot go yeah. through all your deep stuff. And as for oh, as for Ash yeah. LeBlanc, right? It also just decimates Ash LeBlanc. It's it's just crazy, right? Yeah. Like I I think I've tested deep into Draven Azure like for the past seasonals for like some of the people that play top card and like Draven Azure just felt like it was impossible to win against Deep now. But for Ash LeBlanc, like that matchup is more playable, like you actually have some hope of winning the game as Ash LeBlanc, but like it's still a very difficult matchup for Ash LeBlanc. You need like some very good draws, like like the Archer into Carling on their Nautilus or something like that, to like actually have a chance to win the game. If not, like they just keep summoning big thing like big sea monsters that are bigger than your units. You can't really do anything. You just like insta lose on port. Yeah, actually that's very true because that was uh, one of the things that came to my mind during last seasonals because I, I did play test against a couple of players. I did mention that Deep is going to be super strong because 
my, my initial thoughts was that against Susan, right, it's going to be whether you can reach deep ASAP and ensuring that whenever you're setting dice, right, there's no way for the trash to absorb, but most likely they can absorb the, the thing when it dies. And then when you drop Nautilus, you drop all your big sea monsters, there's really no chance that your opponent can come back. And across the board, right, there's a lot of weird, weird matchups you can face. But the main thing was that the Ash LeBlanc, together with the Draven Azure, was going to be extremely common during seasonals last, uh, the last seasonals, even in the next seasonals, which is next week. I do believe that Deep Wing is a very good spot because of the uh, the Bone Skewer, which is very underrated. It is the one card that makes like TLC just want to question everything because you have so many ways of ensuring you do not deck out. And in terms of Bone Skewer, there's a lot of like, nifty tricks you can do. You can combine it together with like Stalking Shadows to like generate multiple you know, sea monsters because that's the team of the deck. And and really, yeah. in terms of that, right, there's really a lot of tricks when it comes to Deep. And the matchups is like so, so like wide in terms of a spectrum. And I got one question for you, man. You didn't mention my favorite deck, which is the uh, Zoe Aso or the Shibana Aso. What? Yeah, I just mentioned. I just realized you didn't even mention what that deck. What? What do you think about that deck going to seasons? I think that deck has like fallen off quite a lot. Like ever since like people started running Homecoming Synergia Arena, oh, yes. Because I made the matchup a lot more difficult to win, and like you really aren't that favored anymore. Yeah, like. For Zoe Shivana, so mm. so like I expect, I still expect some people to bring it if they are like going to bed Nazia Arelia because like you have good matchups into Fresh Nasus and like you have good matchups into like Driven Azure. Yeah, those are like some of the good matchups that you can have. So like I still expect some people to bring that deck as like it, it's still like in a pretty decent spot lah. If you were to brand ban Nazia Arelia. Mm, that one I really agree on. And let's not forget that uh, Ash LeBlanc is like, proven in his name uh, because he's using ice. It's very powerful against... Okay, by the way, but Ash LeBlanc will be quite common next week. So when you think about it, right, Ash LeBlanc has like a super, super good time against dragons, man. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, like the matchup for Ash LeBlanc into dragons like overwhelmingly favoured for <laughs> yes. Ash LeBlanc. Oh, yeah. and one more deck. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot about this. How about Lee Sin, man? Will we see Lee Sin next week? Lee Sin, uh, I don't think we're, we are going to see much Lee Sin next week. Huh? Like, I think he has really fallen off a lot like after Zia Aurelia came out. Because, like, you have a really, really hard time against that deck. True. Because, like, they just roll you before you can even get your Lee Sin win condition off most of the time. Then, like, Apart from that, there's also like other matchups that are like very difficult for you to win. Like Trash Nasus isn't even that favored for Lysin now. Yeah. Then yeah, you know, TLC also isn't really that favored for Lysin. So like you at most you only go in to every match with like fifty-five and like that. That's not what you want to have. You want to have like bring decks with like sixty percent, like Azir Aurelia have sixty percent into many matchups. Hmm. Correct. And okay, now that we talk about the decks to expect, the lineups to expect, I got let's take a segue into the final segment, which is your road to worlds, man. How's everything going for that? Uh so worlds there's still quite a long time to go before like worlds actually starts, which is like in September, I think. Mm. So for now, there's still like another two seasonals go, so I mean just gonna Stick around, play a bit of Runeterra here and there, see how it goes. 
And like when Worlds is closer, I'll be like playing a lot more and like testing a lot more stuff to prepare for Worlds so that I can qualify for like the top 16 and make it to the like the main portion of Worlds. Uh. Yeah, correct. In terms of that, right, is, have they announced that Worlds is going to be offline or anything? Like they still haven't given any details yet on the qualifiers nor the main event. So like, we just have to wait and see, I guess. But like from, from like <clears throat> what we know, we should be expecting the qualifiers to be offline and like land. The land might be like the the main event might be a land, and it might not if like the COVID situation is still really bad. But we have been seeing like other games having lands already. So like, like we do hope like there's there's gonna be a, an opportunity for like the main event to be a land. Yeah, actually that makes sense because from my point of view, right, I, I did know I, I I I can sort of like tell from the times is that when it comes to offline tournaments, right, they usually try to announce it maybe two to three months time because you do know that for Singapore side we do have to apply for like a certain permit to travel. And so if they announce that it's going to be an offline thing, right, it has to be within the next two months that they announce it's gonna be an offline tournament. And then in terms of really offline, like, I do know a couple of you guys wanna know whether it's gonna be offline. From my perspective, right, I got a feeling that it's going to be an offline one because I, I remember that when it comes to September, right, they want to host both the offline together with the event itself. right. It's most likely going to be a combined event, meaning that after you qualify through your country's respective qualifier, you're going to immediately play for the main event, which means that there's a very high chance that the event will be an offline one, but that really depends if they're going to announce it in July. So in terms of that, right, uh, for most of players who are trying to find out, I do think that in terms of an offline event, they might announce it during next, next. I think uh, during the start of the next season for in terms of Runeterra. So do keep a lookout for that. So in terms of this, right, I do know that you have been playing a, a bit of Hearthstone on the side. So how has it been with Hearthstone? Uh, so like, I started Hearthstone like not too long ago, like two, two months ago. And I think I'm doing like pretty decent uh, for mm-hmm. like, Playing like playing for such a short time, and like I mean, um, now I'm just like trying to get into one of the masters tour, which like isn't really that easy to get into. Yeah, uh, sure. so like just just spending some time in Hearthstone, and like when I'm bored of Hearthstone, I'll just like come back to Elwa and just play 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 here and there lah. Yeah, so I like, just enjoy my time, just playing some games here and there. Also, like just coping in my studies as well. Oh yeah, studies right? Because you're still in high school. Uh yeah. So I'm finishing my final year this year. Mm. Then next year going army already. Yeah. yeah. Then from then it will be a whole new world for you. Hopefully you still be able to play card games. Yeah, I'll definitely like try to keep up with the card games. Yeah, in terms of but that, right? You'll see how la. Yeah, correct lah. Because there's a lot of see how. Because for me, right, I enlisted. Then before that, I played like six months of competitive Hearthstone. To me, if I didn't make Worlds or BlizzCon back then, I would just quit. Because I really ran out of time really. I was going to enlist. And so that was... I thought it was the end of me. And guess what? It's 2021, seven years later, and I'm still playing card games. I came back to playing card games. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, they really... <laughs> yeah. So it's like the kind of thing where you never say never, right? Yeah... Like, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Lah. Like, you can you just wait and see how long. 
Yeah, correct. And and that's the thing, man. Because I have a friend, right, who's been playing Hearthstone for a very long time. I believe he started, he went through all the Masters tour. He finally qualified for the, uh, I think it's the Grandmaster thing. So it really took a very, very long time. So in terms for you, when to qualify for the Masters tour and all that, it's going to be a very long time commitment because you do have to be like the best in your specific region in order to qualify for the Grandmaster's tour, which is like a weekly uh, tournament thing that you play online, depending on your yeah, region. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that, that's what I want to see for Runeterra moving forward. But as of now, the main thing is Worlds, and a lot of people are looking forward to qualifying for it, either through the ladder, mm-hmm. either through the seasonal points, or getting top four at seasonals. And oh yeah, yep. oh yeah, man. How do we reach you, man? I'll link all your social thing, social media into my description box. All your, you can give a shout out now to all, all your links and everything. Yeah, so I have a Twitch channel, Mister Bell. Uh, but like, I'm not really streaming that often now. I might come back like soon, but not sure when. Then I have my Twitter account also with the same tag, Mister Bell. Uh, so like, do drop me a follow if you want to like check me out. Then, like, for any, like, contact, you can, like, DM me on Discord. Or, yeah, like, DM me on Twitter. Dis- I'll put everything in the description box so you guys can check out Mr. Yeah. Bear after the podcast. Do listen all the way to the end. Uh, it's almost near the end, so you can check him out after that. Because, uh, by the way, Mr. Bear, most of the people who listen to my podcast are from the uh, US side. In terms of Southeast Asia, right? We do know that there's... Okay, maybe apart from Singapore and Malaysia and a bit of Thailand... A lot of them don't really speak English. So in terms of Southeast Asia reach, right, they might not know like a lot of players. They might not tune into podcasts. So for the US side, right, it might be the first time that they heard of you. Unless they are into the scene and all that, they can kind of check you out. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, do you have any shout-outs to any of your teammates, any of your players? You can, you can shout, shout them out here, man. Yeah, so like for my team, it's like my practice group, like most of them are from Singapore. We have been like together for like a really long time. I think it's like almost been a year or like already been a year mm. since I first started a small practice group of Singaporeans and like we've come a pretty long way. La. Like some of us like like a lot of us has made like seasonal top card. Like I've won the seasonals and like one my teammate Soggy Slobster, he made second place at the last seasonals. Yeah, mm. so like these are like some of the people that I practice with. So, uh, like, would like to thank them for, like, being in this practice group for such a long time, practicing with each other, helping each other in, like, our Runeterra journey. Then, apart from that, like, I'm currently, like, in Wobbly Wombats, which is, like, a team that is, like, based, like, worldwide. Like, we have, like, people from all around the world. So, like, we are just a small group of friends that, like, that are interested in LR and, like, the practice and play LR together. Yeah, so apart from that, not really any more people that I could think of. So that's about it. Hey, thanks so much, man, Mr. Bear, for joining me for today's episode. I do know that a lot of players have been, uh, you know, they want to find out what's going to happen during next week's season in terms of their prep and all that. So I do believe that they will benefit a lot from today's episode. They will tune in, we will check you out. Maybe they will Discord PM you, ask you about the game and everything. So, yes. Thank you so much for today's episode, man. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. See, like, yeah, hope to see you again next time. Yeah, hopefully we can possibly meet in the future because I do know that uh, Moonboy, Moonboy is one of the guests, one of the commentators for Runeterra. He did mention there's going to be like 
offline tournaments and all that. That depends on the current state of the COVID situation, depending on the worldwide pandemic and everything. That depends on the future. And the only thing that we can do now is focus on the now, focus on everything you're going to do. Maybe next week's seasonals, you guys make the top cut. All the best to everyone. And that's all I have for today. Do check out Mr. Best social media links, his Twitch stream, his Twitter. You can also add him on Discord over there. I'll put everything in the description box below. As for myself, you can check out my Twitch stream. You can also check me out on Twitter and all that. I do have a YouTube channel which I'll be posting other content in the future. So do click the subscribe button. And that's all I have for today. And that's game. Thank you.